Welcome back to another edition of Comic Book Storylines. I'm Brian Sorensen, but also go by Bry the Comic Book Guy. You can check out my Instagram, at Bry the Comic Book Guy, where every week I post pictures of the issues we talk about. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button, and every week you'll get a new episode notification. These next two weeks, we're going to be covering a Batman storyline that showed the return of the great Jim Lee to be the artist for the story arc, called Hush. This is a great Batman adventure that brings most of his bad guys into the picture that are all caught up in the web of this new villain called Hush. Even brings some of the allies into this mix too. A big one actually too, so we'll get to that. There's a few looks into Bruce Wayne's childhood as well and insights into why he is the way he is. This is also a pivotal moment in the relationship with Catwoman as well. The issues we're going to be covering for the storyline are Batman 608 through 619. So this is roughly... Uh, fall of 2002 through September of 2003. It has already been deemed a classic storyline. It was something that ended up boosting Batman's popularity back into the comics after a little lull time. We'll be covering half of those issues this week and then wrapping up next week. So let's kind of dive into it. Uh, There's also, if you can't find the regular issues of this, it is in a graphic novel format, which I do have, and I'll be posting pictures of the graphic novel format, as well as the actual pages too. So we start out with kind of like a recap of Batman's history, uh, how he became who he is. Now, the beginning inner monologue is Alfred talking about how he regrets of what happened and he's thinking about what could have happened to Bruce Wayne had his parents not die into what he became. It's like, you know, that for, you know, I can only imagine what this child could have become with the potential he had. So the story starts out with Batman going to rescue somebody on like it looks like a boat, like an, a decommissioned boat. Uh, uses all of his gadgets to sneak in, take out literally every guard there. And it ends up being this little kid that he is rescuing. It was for a ransom. And it's called Chapter 1, The Ransom. So Batman's trying to rescue this kid before the FBI can be involved and uh, raid the place. It ends up being the bad guy, Killer Croc. And he's already on him saying, you shouldn't have come here. This doesn't involve you. And he's got this suitcase full of money. It's like, I need this money. You can't take it from me. But, of course, Batman starts whooping on him. And in true Batman fashion, he gets the suitcase out of his hand. And he uh, pretty much knocks Killer Croc uh, unconscious there. And the kid is all screaming, yeah, all right, that's awesome. Then the FBI come in, and they're like, well, we could have handled this a little bit better. And Batman's like, well, this is my city. This is what you're going to do. And they're like, well, at least the money's secure. And then they turn around it in the suitcase, and money's gone. So Batman puts on his uh, night vision and uh, uh, X-ray vision there, and he sees that Catwoman has taken the suitcase. So he starts after Catwoman flying through the air with his uh, his ropes and stuff like that, and they're jumping from rooftop to rooftop. And they get to this one rooftop, and Batman starts to you know put his uh, tether out there to climb to another roof, but his line his line gets cut. Now Batman readers for a long time will understand that Batman has some pretty tensile stuff. So for his line to be cut, that's really bad. So he ends up falling like into the middle of this intersection. And Catwoman turns around and she doesn't see him. She's like, all right, where'd he go? He tries to break his fall. He ends up hitting like this giant gargoyle on the side of a building. And the inner monologue for the rest of the storyline is his inner monologue. So he's uh, saying his body's betraying him as he's falling. He's still kind of like conscious, but not really. Like he, he hit his head really hard. He ends up falling into this alley, 
And we cut back to Catwoman going, uh, I guess he's gone. So she goes to deliver the money to who she's supposed to be delivering the money to. It ends up being Poison Ivy. So you're like, why is Catwoman dealing with Poison Ivy? Ivy, obviously because, you know, she's, you know, controlling her. Because then we see this little wrap around her wrist of Ivy. And Poison Ivy, if you don't know, if she gets her vines around you, she can control you. So she ends up controlling Catwoman to bring her the money. So we get to the next part, the next issue, where we see uh, it's Batman 609 now. Uh, we can hear Oracle, who's Barbara Gordon. Now, Batman, in this time frame, has a huge network of people. Like, all of the heroes in Gotham City, he's kind of like their leader, and they all kind of follow around him. And Oracle is kind of the control center for the heroes. So she's screaming at him, and he's like, no, you know, there's no reply from him. Then we see this, like, just gang. Like, hey, it's Batman. We can figure out who he is. Let's take his mask off. And while that's going on, Oracle is doing, like, the protocols of, you know, he's down. So she says, the Blackbird's down, the Blackbird's down. Who can reach him? He's in the north, anybody in that area. So while that's going on, this gang is trying to take his cowl off. But Batman being Batman, he has all these security measures. Well, first thing first, that his cowl releases this gas that knocks out a few of them. And then they try and take it off, uh, like, with their hands. And a couple other guys get electrocuted. So they're getting ready to just plug him with a couple of guns and everything. And out of the, the night comes Huntress. She's one of the network of characters. Then she uh, takes out the bad guys, and they go, hey, it's Batgirl. And she gets kind of ticked off at that, so she runs them through pretty good. Now, they almost take her out, and she goes, I'm not going down in front of you because she's got, like, this hero-worshipping thing going on with Batman. She's like, nope, I'm not being taken out by you. So she takes out all the bad guys, and Oracle sends the Batmobile remote access. Uh, or Huntress puts him into the Batmobile, and she's like, just put him in the car. We'll get him back to the mansion. And she says he feels all broken. There's something definitely wrong here. Now, as the Batmobile dries off, there's a figure that has all these bandages and tapes around him, staring at him from above. And he's quoting things, and he's saying, without friends, no one would choose to live, though he had all other goods. So it's kind of this mysterious figure here. Then we see Poison Ivy deliver the money to somebody in the shadows, but she doesn't know who it is. And he's like, was Catwoman a problem? She goes, no. And then all of a sudden these lights come on and that shadowy figure is gone. Then we get back to the mansion where Alfred has Bruce Wayne uh, in this tourniquet sort of thing trying to determine what's wrong with him. He's got this brain injury, bandages and everything. His skull is fractured and everything. And he's got these holographic presentation of like his skull. And he said, there's something definitely wrong. So they're already predetermining that uh, Dick Grayson, who's Nightwing, who's kind of the second in command at this point, says, well, I'll wreck his car because we have to cover for him. We have to get him to a hospital. And while they're talking about all this, uh, Bruce starts Morse coding with his hand. And he's tapping that his doctor needs to be Thomas Elliot. We don't know who Thomas Elliot really is at this point. We've heard about him a little bit. And they're like, uh, who's Thomas Elliot? And Alfred said, it's a name I have not heard in a long time. And then we flash to Bruce Wayne is in the hospital. He's being uh, prepped for surgery. And Dr. Thomas Elliot, a renowned surgeon, is being flown in for the procedure. Then we see Bruce getting ready for the surgery, and the Dr. Thomas Elliot walks in, and he goes, Bruce, if you wanted to get together after all this time, you didn't have to try and kill yourself to do it. 
So then we see kind of like this flashback to when Bruce was a kid with Thomas Elliot. You see that they have been friends since childhood. And these memories go back to when Bruce's parents were still alive. So Bruce's parents and Thomas Elliot's parents were best friends and they were acting like brothers. So you kind of get a couple of page scene, then you go back to Thomas Elliot saves the day and Bruce Wayne is out of danger. Then you see the mysterious figure rip out the page in the newspaper which says Bruce Wayne is recovered and everything. And you're getting a little insight of who this guy is. You don't really know who he is at this point, but I promise you we do eventually get to it. So Batman goes to confront Killer Croc, who's in Arkham. He's in a prison, and he's asking him what you needed the $10 million for. Now, this just shows how badass Batman is because he just had brain surgery. He's already back in action a few weeks later. So he's trying to get all this information out of Killer Croc, but he ends up busting out of the cell because if you're a Batman villain and you're in Arkham Asylum, you don't stay very long. If you've watched or played any of the Arkham games, video games, you would know what I'm talking about. So Batman's still not 100%, so Killer Croc like kind of gets the jump on him and then takes, takes his leave of everybody and ends up escaping. He has this brief encounter, Batman does, with Amanda Waller. Now you all know who Amanda Waller is if you'd listened to a few of the Suicide Squad episodes that I've had. She's kind of like the liaison for the Suicide Squad and the government. And at this point in time, Lex Luthor is president in the United States. I didn't make that up. That's what DC was doing at the time. And she is their uh, Office of Meta-Human Affairs uh, chairperson. So she's kind of just in charge of all that. So while Batman's trying to find Killer Croc, Thomas Elliot comes by the house to check on Bruce, who is obviously not there. And Alfred... He's familiar with them. He grew up with knowing Alfred, so they talk familiarity and everything. And he's like, Bruce needs to be resting. He shouldn't be out. But Alfred's like, yeah, he's trying to chase some girl or whatever. So then we see a flashback in Alfred's point of view where Thomas Elliot comes to Wayne Manor and says, my parents got into a car accident. So Bruce's dad goes to the hospital and tries to save him. Now, they're still kids, mind you. So we see uh, eventually... Thomas Wayne come out and say that uh, Thomas Elliot's mom survived, but his dad died. And you see kind of like a, a few minutes where Bruce and Tommy are not getting along because obviously his dad just died. Then we flash back to Batman trying to find Killer Croc. He's kind of got like a little homing beacon on him because that's just what Batman does. And right as Batman's about to catch up to him, one of his tires out of the blue is shot out. Now, for Batman's tires to be shot out, it's he's got some pretty industrious tech. Uh, his inner monologue says that the Batmobile is outfitted with Kevlar reinforced tires filled with petroleum jelly. It's the sort of thing that they use on presidential cars, motorcades, or armored cars. A blowout is next to impossible. Then we see Killer Croc go after Catwoman. He goes, I want my money. And she goes, I don't have it. Then Batman ends up coming into the scene and kind of rescuing Catwoman from uh, Killer Croc. And then Amanda Waller's choppers show up, and they end up taking Croc for his own before he can figure out what's going on. Now, I had said this is a pivotal mark for the relationship of Batman and Catwoman. They had played this little game over the years where they they had this romantic interest, but nothing ever came of it until this point. Now, right before this happens, Batman kind of turns around. He sees a shadowy figure who's talking gibberish from a nearby rooftop. It's that shadowy figure cloak and dagger thing. So then uh, Catwoman says, I found Poison Ivy. She's in Metropolis. 
And she goes, through the years, you've done more than once that you've saved my life. I don't think I've ever properly thanked you. And Batman's like, no, don't worry about it. And she goes, aren't you curious at all? And they end up kissing on top of a rooftop. So this is that pivotal moment where they finally, finally do something about their relationship. And as a longtime Batman fan, I can be like, oh, finally. And that's pretty much what everybody was thinking at the time. And we get into Batman 611 at the time. Batman goes to Metropolis. And we all know who's in Metropolis. Even if you are a casual comic book fan, you know who's in Metropolis and who he goes to see. Now, in this time frame, Bruce Wayne owns the Daily Planet. But Batman can't just show up in Metropolis. Bruce Wayne can. So she says, Catwoman says that she's in uh, Metropolis. And he goes, okay, we'll, we'll go after them together. We'll go to Metropolis. And his inner monologue says, I hate going to Metropolis, but this is not my city. Bruce Wayne can come to town. Batman can't. So Bruce is kind of reliving what happened the last time he was with Thomas Elliot in Metropolis. They end up seeing the original Green Lantern, the Golden Age Green Lantern. That was their first experience with superheroes. Now, while Bruce is daydreaming, Thomas Elliot stumbles onto him in the airport, and they end up taking a car ride together. Now, he's also reliving seeing the events that unfold when they were kids, watching a battle with Green Lantern and one of his bad guys, but they didn't listen to Bruce's father, Thomas Wayne, and they end up getting in trouble and having to stay the rest of their trip in a hotel room for not listening. And they, uh, Bruce goes, soon after that, my parents were killed and I hardly saw Tommy ever again. So that was kind of like the last time he saw Thomas Elliot before he tapped his fingers to get him to uh, come to be his surgeon. So they're in this car ride and he get, and Bruce uh, parks in front of the Daily Planet, so we all know who he's going to see. So they go back, flashback to right after the kiss with Catwoman, and he gives her a tracking device. He goes, when you find Poison Ivy... Hit this and I'll come running. She goes, well, I'm not one of your lackeys, but okay. So Bruce goes into the Daily Planet and we see Lois Lane. Check that out. And you know who's also with Lois Lane. Now he kind of uh, uh, smooth talks Lois Lane. She gives him a big hug because they are good friends. Uh, Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent are really good friends. And Lois is married to Clark Kent, so they all got to be close friends. And he goes, you know, Lois and Clark, he made a choice to be honest with her, share both sides of his life. And he's like, could I find trust with Catwoman? So he's kind of like, whoa, he's thinking of telling Catwoman who he is. Because up until this point, Catwoman doesn't know who Batman is, but Batman knows who Catwoman is. So it's kind of like a one-off. So while he's at the planet, he looks links into Oracle's private server and they talk about uh, one of the chemicals that Killer Croc used at the scene. And uh, Oracle says it's connected to LexCorp. So if you're in Metropolis, you're going to go visit Lex Luthor's headquarters and everything. And he kind of uh, elaborates that uh, I kind of need some help on this one. Not like he doesn't come out and tell Clark, hey, I need you. Uh, so they kind of get the hint. And she goes, you know, have fun in all the tights in flight. And remember, despite how he behaves, you guys are best friends. He goes, all right, right. So Superman goes into the closet and does the, you know, glasses off, shirt off. There's a Superman symbol, and he flies away. So LexCorp is in Metropolis. Batman goes to LexCorp. Who is running it, though, is the character Talia. Now, if you have ever seen the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, you see that Talia was in one of the movies, and she is Ra's al Ghul's daughter. Now, she's still Ra's al Ghul's daughter in the comic, but her and Bruce have this on-again, off-again relationship. And at this point, they haven't had a relationship in years. And he's talking to her about the chemicals, trying to find out what's going on. And she goes, 
you know, I really need to know who's supplying this and where it can be traced to. And she goes, well, I'll find you the information you're looking for. But as that's talk, uh, going on, Catwoman's little beeper thingy goes off. So he ends up flying to the scene, doesn't fly because, you know, he just hops rooftops and everything. And the end, he ends up talking to Catwoman on a train. And she goes, yep, I know where she is. Let's go do it. So Catwoman goes, uh, just so we're clear, I'm not one of your lackeys. I'm, you're not going to make me do everything. I'm not going to be your, your uh, uh, cat, so to speak. So she jumps off and goes, okay, I'm going to go ahead. You meet me there. So Catwoman goes to, the, to Poison Ivy's lair where she has all those chemicals that Talia is looking for. That's convenient. But Catwoman is not under the control by Poison Ivy at this point, and Ivy knows it. So she starts to attack Catwoman, kind of strangles her up and everything. And then Batman comes in and he goes, you're coming back with me to Gotham City. And she goes, oh, little kitten, you brought your champion. Good. Well, I brought my champion too. And Batman goes, no, not here, not now. So something happened when Superman took off from the Daily Planet to right now because Poison Ivy got a hold of him and wrapped her ivy around him. And Superman drops in. She goes... Uh, I, if you come near me, you'll have to deal with my Superman. And so you see Superman is now under the control of Poison Ivy. So the next issue cover right away, it's one of the classic covers right now of Batman, Batman 612. It's Superman standing over Batman, kind of strangling him. So you're like, oh, crap. So then Catwoman wakes up and she goes, what hit us? And he goes, he did. So she goes, you'll have to kill them. So but Superman, deep down, is a really good guy. He's kind of like the Boy Scout, and Batman knows that he's a Boy Scout. And he goes, I know what he's going to do. And it's really accurate, and it really shows the friendship and the connection that Batman and Superman have because Batman knows what Superman can do, and Superman knows what Batman can do. But under the control of Poison Ivy, he doesn't have his full senses, but Batman knows his his tactics of fighting. So he knows right away what's going on. So instead of taking Superman head on, they kind of dive into the water where Poison Ivy can't follow and Superman can't track him. And you see some of the gadgets and everything that Batman has. He gives uh, Catwoman a little respirator and everything, kind of like a scuba gear. And he has these jet propel propellant things out of his boots. So they fly into this, you know, kind of sewer cover. And she goes, you have to go get him. Go, go take care of him. And you say, Superman trying to fight the will going, I can't kill. And she goes, you know, are you resisting me? You're going to have to come here and I'll uh, kind of lay one on you. So she tries to kiss him to get him more under the control. So they're running around in the sewer, and Batman's planting all these bombs and everything, and he takes out from his utility belt, and I think I've mentioned this before in one of the other episodes, Superman has trusted Batman with his weakness. So Superman, a long time ago, gave him a little crystal of kryptonite, and he formed it into a ring, and he said, if I ever go rogue, this is what takes me down. So Batman takes out his utility belt and puts on the ring, and Catwoman's like, ah, that's intriguing. So the next issue we have here, the battle. Batman's still rigging all these things up, and Catwoman goes, good luck, and she kisses him again. He goes, why did you do that? And she goes, because I might, you might not be able to later, and he kind of snickers, and that's when Superman dives into the room and everything, and he's still got the ivy around him. So Batman just immediately launches into him, and it's a full two-page thing, like full two pages. One of them, Superman getting knocked out, and one of them is Batman punching the crap out of him with that kryptonite ring. But he knows that doesn't work alone. So he's telling him, I've opened this gas main. If you use your heat vision, it's going to blow everything up an entire block. 
So he's just pummeling with the kryptonite ring, blasting with these supersonic things. But Superman freezes his arm with the ring on it with his with his uh, breath. But Batman's got these, you know, ultraviolet sensors and everything. So he ends up blinding Superman for a little bit and coming out of the tunnel. And he ends up shocking him with like this huge bolt of electricity. So Batman's up on the surface and Superman says, you hurt me. This ends now. But unbeknownst to Superman, right before this happened, Batman told Catwoman, there's one of three people that you need to go get and put him in a dangerous situation to knock Ivy's spell off of Superman. She goes, it's either Perry White, Jimmy Olsen, or Lois Lane. And Catwoman goes, oh, it's definitely going to be Lois Lane. So Batman goes, before you take me out, look up. You can save her or fight me. The choice is yours, not Poison Ivy's. And he goes, come on, Clark, be the Boy Scout. And he looks up, and Catwoman is on the top of a building dangling over a flagpole with Lois Lane. But Lois Lane being Lois Lane, she punches Catwoman and immediately starts falling. So then Superman shakes off everything and goes up and catches her. And she goes, hi, honey, you're home. No offense, you look like crap. So then after that, uh, Clark takes off all the poison ivy and everything. So they're talking on a rooftop and everything. And they're like, Ivy's going to be on the move. She has money in a certain way. We need to stop her. She's she's has help, smart, connected. Somebody needs to get to her. And then he's like, okay, I need to go to the Fortress of Solitude to change costumes because obviously he's just been in a fight with Batman and his suit is all torn. He needs to go change. So we find Catwoman's lair. She's at um, a, like a really fancy hotel on an upper floor. And Catwoman and Batman come in and go, put the money down. You're coming back to Gotham City. And, Catwoman, and uh, Ivy's getting ready to take off, but then Superman comes in and goes, I've already called an old friend, Maggie Sawyer. She's one of the uh, uh, Metropolis Police Department people that are going to transfer you to the GCPD. So she takes off running, and she tries to go out the front door, but Crypto, who is Superman's dog, is right there. So then they say, you know what? We needed somebody with a keen sense of smell to find where Poison Ivy was, so they used Superman's dog, who has a cape. I'm not kidding. I showed this to my wife, and she's like, really? So Catwoman... Uh, afterwards is sitting next to Crypto and he's trying to to give kisses and everything. She's like, oh, I don't like dogs. And Batman and Superman are kind of having this little talk and everything. And he goes, how did you know to pick to, for Catwoman to pick Lois? He goes, I told her that the people you care about work at the Daily Planet. She had Jimmy, Perry, and Lois. Catman picked Lo- Catwoman picked Lois. He goes, you could have gotten Lois killed. And he goes, no, I believe in you. And that's why nothing happened. So he's like, you know, all the work we've done, Justice League and everything, are always the detective. And then he goes, you're always the Boy Scout. And he goes, thanks. I'm glad I know I gave that ring to the right person. He goes, what are friends for? Then you see in the background that shadowy figure with all the bandages and everything is still watching them. And that's how the issue ends here. And we get into Batman 613. And it's a little while afterwards, and Bruce Wayne and uh, Selina Kyle are on a date. She still doesn't know he's Batman. So this is a little while later. So they're going to the opera, and they end up on a, on a date, and they end up running into Thomas Elliot again. So they're hanging out with Thomas Elliot at this gala, at this opera thing. And you know something's going to happen. And a lot of Batman or Bruce Wayne's friends are there. And like, how do you know Thomas Elliot? We're longtime friends, everything like that. So they're kind of having like this little banter while watching this opera. Now the opera right away turns really bad. And you see this familiar red gloved hand come out with these big giant 
poles and just starts knocking everybody off and singing really weird. She takes off the costume and it's Harley Quinn. You're like, oh, Harley Quinn's going to be on this. So she's trying to have this heist where she goes to the opera, gets all these bad guys to try and steal all this jewelry from them. And Thomas Elliot is already trying to call the police, but Harley jumps up. She doesn't know who Batman is. She doesn't know who Catwoman is. But she try, she takes Catwoman's earrings and she goes, you look awful familiar. Have you ever spent time in Arkham Asylum? And Catwoman's obviously like, no, you haven't. And Thomas Elliot tries to take matters into his own hands. But Harley's got a big gun and she drops him, takes him down, and she's got him cornered. And she takes off this necklace and he goes, no, that necklace was mine. It was from my mother's. And then you flash back to where Tommy got it from. And you see that Thomas had it from his mother. And you see that he's really sensitive about it because Bruce was playing a gag on him when they were still kids and tried to take it from him. And Tommy ended up punching him for it. And he goes, sorry, I was just fooling around. So then Harley takes all that and starts running out the back door. But Thomas is like, no one takes that from me ever. So he's charging out. Bruce Wayne does his Bruce Wayne thing. And obviously he's got a backup costume and everything. And Catwoman's trying to save their friends that are around them and everything and she ends up you know ducking down and just then batman flies out of nowhere and harley is actually kind of surprised and she says you're trying to upstage me and batman immediately takes out literally every single one of the henchmen that she has with and she's trying to take them out and she ends up hitting up in the air she ends up uh, smashing a bunch of the stage uh things the the weights that hold it down and she hits him in the head now, there's the inner monologue here again. It says, I've been wearing a cowl with Kevlar reinforcement to protect my skull from recent head injury, but tonight I insisted I would be fine without it and used a regular cowl. So he's already dazed because he got hit in the head and he's still recovering from a brain injury. And he goes, I thought I was stronger. I needed to be stronger. And my enemy takes advantage of my badness. But Harley doesn't have any more bullets in the gun and Batman is kind of saved at the moment. But just then, Catwoman comes in and knocks her out and chases her into an alley. So they have a little brief fight, and Harley ends up knocking out Catwoman. Batman picks her up, and she's like, you need medical attention, lie still. And she goes, I know that, come closer. And she goes, if you ever choose to rescue me again over catching a bad guy, I swear I'll scratch your eyes out. I'm not some kid that you took in and trained. So she's like, ah, I'm not like Robin or Nightwing. I'm not one of your good guys go after the bad guys and there's kind of some humor there so he drops uh, Catwoman off at his uh, doctor friend Leslie who we've seen in the animated series so Harley's running out with the bag with the loot and everything and Thomas Elliot knocks into her and he tries to take her out so he can get back his little pendant and everything and she runs out he runs after her and Batman is on the trail but he finds Selena Kyle's earring so he knows that he's on the right trail so Batman rushes out the back door of the theater and he hears a, a gunshot and he goes no that can't be and then we see the ultimate bad guy the Joker standing over a shot and looks dead Thomas Elliot with the Joker standing over him that's where we're going to leave off for this week. It, it, I promise you it gets better from here. There's a lot more action that goes on. We'll start out with Batman 614 the next time we go through until 619. But this is where we're going to leave off. It's kind of like the cliffhanger. What happened? 
the Joker was standing over Thomas Elliot. So for those of you that follow me on Instagram, if you would like to see the pictures of the graphic novel and the issues, hit that follow button and you can see them. If you have any questions about this or any other issues we've talked about in any other podcast, you can email me, brythecomicbookguy at gmail.com. Until next week, we will continue next week with Hush Part 2. Thanks for listening.